Guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Claire Price. She's the creator of Augs, which we're going to find out what that is. And it's the marketing operating system for smart marketing execution. So today's talk is going to be all about marketing. We're going to compare and contrast traditional marketing, lead generation. I'm really, I love this topic and I love having entrepreneurs on my show. So Claire, welcome. Thank you so much, Christopher. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. Um, tell briefly, tell your story and your business and we'll dive right into the conversation. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. So I am the CEO and founder of Octane Growth System and we work with business owners, consultants, and entrepreneurs who want to get out of the frantic mess of trial and error marketing and move into the new modern world of sustainable marketing operations. The way that we do that is we have developed, or I have developed over the last 10 years, a true marketing operating system that can help our business owners, entrepreneurs, and consultants replace what they're doing with an operating marketing system that combines strategy, execution, and automation. Yeah, I love that. And um, so kind of we'll d dive into it. Um, so kind of talk about uh, traditional marketing you say is dead, kind of compare and contrast. I'm, all, I'm, I'm just familiar with social media marketing and email and influencer and you know viral, all that. But kind of talk about what is traditional marketing? It's dead. Now what? Well, uh, traditional marketing, uh, I think, also includes some of those other elements that you're talking about, Christopher. I don't think it's necessarily the channel, whether it's social media or advertising or uh, content marketing. I think it really is the approach. The traditional marketing approach is throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks. Get it, dive in and, and get working, make it happen. And I think that approach is what really has to change in this modern world and in this modern way of marketing to actually incorporate a lot more of a strategic look and a strategic focus on what you're doing before you dive in and do the marketing. So I think that's the big change to really create a strategy, create a blueprint before you just start doing marketing stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And um, so kind of talk about um, the five lead generation killers you're probably doing. So uh, the first lead generation killer that comes up, I'll tell you a really quick story. One of my clients who was a huge real estate broker, well, not broker, but lead in um, Sacramento, California, where I, where I'm from, uh, came to me and all she said was, Leads. I need leads. I have to have more leads. She had a pretty big team, so she really did need to have quite a good, good quantity of, of new business coming in. And I said, okay, well, we need to, you know, let's focus on that. Let's talk about getting leads. And um, one of the things that I want to know from you is uh, how big is your database? She said, well, I've got about 300 people in my database. I said, that's great. How, when's the last time you talked to them? And she said, well, I don't know. Uh, I don't talk to them in, uh, unless they call me. And I said, okay, well, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get on the phone or get on email, and I want you to contact every single one of those people that you haven't talked to in, you know, in some cases, you know, five years or more. So she did that. 
And she came back to me a couple of weeks later and she had a look of horror on her face. And she said, I lost $5 million worth of commissions and deals because people went with other people that, because I, they hadn't heard from me. And I said, the moral of that story, Christopher, is the first biggest lead generation mistake you can make is only looking for new business and not keeping in touch with your current clients and looking for ways to get additional business from them. That's, that's number one. The number two lead killer is focusing on the wrong kind of customer or focusing on every customer. Typically, when you start out a business, people will tell you, oh, I'll work with anybody. I don't want to, I don't want to turn anybody down. I want, to, I want to bring everybody in. Well, the problem with that is as you're bringing everybody in, you are often working with a lot of people who don't value your services, won't pay your, your uh, full rate, so you, maybe you discount for them, et cetera. And so just looking for everybody and not finding a really tight niche that you can focus on is, I think, the second lead generation mistake that you can make. So those are my top two. Uh-huh. And I assume the the other uh, the the other three people can check your out website, you know, contact you on LinkedIn, you know, reach out to you, et cetera. Absolutely, or we can keep going on that if you want the other the other three. I could yeah. really quickly. Uh, yeah, sure. So number three would be to not nurture the clients that are in your that, that you're working with or you, that have contacted you. So I'm not talking about a, a, a past client like my first example. I'm talking about a lead comes in, they're not ready to buy right now. And so you, you, that you put them into a, a, a pile and you say, I'll get back to them and you don't continue to stay in touch with them. People buy at different times in their, in their product cycle or in their life cycle. Somebody who's not ready to buy this week might be ready to buy six months or a year from now. So stay in touch with people. I have one client that uh, I was in touch with. It's almost been eight or nine months, and he now came back and said, I'm ready now. So that would be number three. Stay in touch with those prospects. Keep them warm unless they absolutely positively tell you, go away. The fourth uh, lead generation killer is to try to do too many things at the same time. Try to hit too many different channels at the same time. I know you mentioned social media, you mentioned advertising, trade shows. There's there's a hundred things you can do for marketing. Pick the one or two, and and that's what we help our clients do is evaluate those one or two that are really best for them, and focus on those and stay with them for over a period of months or a year or so, give it time to work. And that really is, the, is maybe the capstone on the five things is give your lead generation activity time to work because it doesn't work in the first month or the first week. Don't give up on it. At least give it six to 12 months before you, you start making radical changes. If you've done your, if you've done your homework, if you've gotten your strategy, if you put together a blueprint and you've got some confidence that it's going to work, give it time to work. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so kind of moving on. And uh, the thing is um, talking about um, usually they say marketing and sales. These are kind of, and then uh, you talk about how to get them holding hands instead of pointing fingers. 
Yes, um, in fact, I've got a great article on both on LinkedIn on my profile and also on my website called Leads. You call those leads? It was <laughs> co-written by a, a sales uh, colleague of mine in talking about the difference between marketing qualified leads and sales qualified leads. They're not the same thing. Sales and marketing people think differently and they respond to the market differently. And I think the easiest way to talk about the difference is marketing looks at the forest, sales looks for a tree that they can hit. So they're really looking at two different things. The way to get them to work together is to have them actually start communicating. One of my favorite ways to do that with sales teams and marketing teams that I've worked with is what I call a ride along for the marketing person to actually go out in the field with the salesperson and live their day, you know, walk, as they say, walk a mile in their shoes and really understand what it's like to sit one-on-one -on -one with a prospect and be talking to them rather than being sort of hands off and doing, doing the marketing from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, the next question is um, you talk about, um, kind of zooming out a lot of you systematize the marketing strategy, but why does so many small business owners struggle to create an effective marketing strategy? I think, I think honestly, it's, it's, it's really the pressure to bring in that business. Um, we were talking to a prospect um, a couple of days ago who had spent a lot of money on, on different marketing things. It hasn't worked and they're frustrated. Again, though, they, you know, to coin an old expression, they put the cart before the horse. They just started, you know, buying ads and buying, buying, you know, lead database leads and throwing, throwing messaging at them, throwing, um, you know, buy offers at them. You know, I think the, the biggest thing that small business owners struggle with when they're talking about their messaging, they're trying to, to connect with their customer is they're, they're spending so much time telling the customer how great their stuff is. They're not spending enough time listening to the customer and what they really need. And I think that's one of the biggest points of struggle for small business owners is getting yeah. the messaging right. Yeah. It sounds like getting the messaging right, the product market fit, very focused. And um, so the other question is, you know, a lot of um, companies and businesses, they struggle to achieve product market fit and try to be everything. And you talk about this difference between growth and scale and why does that matter? So the biggest dif the, the difference between growth and scaling, and I, it's very confusing to a lot of people, growth is simply adding new revenue. It's, you know, getting, getting more dollars in the door, right? But that doesn't necessarily lead to scaling because if you're getting new dollars in the door and spending more money getting them in the door, not increasing your profit margin, you're not going to scale. You're just going to be growing, but you're still, you may grow your top line, but you're spending more money than you need to, to bring in that revenue that, that does not actually scale the company. Scaling is being able to grow the revenue and keep expenses uh, about the same so that you're increasing your profit margin and you're also able to do more with the resources that you have. So scaling is also not only about the revenue, but a second point about scaling is it's also the ability to add resources to your company without, without adding more expense. So keeping the costs the same or very, very close 
and being able to do to do more to get more revenue in. For example, one of the biggest ways that um, marketing consultants, and I'll use that as an example, or consultants, fractional consultants can scale is being able to productize their their consulting offering. That's something that we just recently did with the Octane Growth System is I took it from a consulting system that I was using personally with contractors to a licensable system that I now am licensing to other consultants. It doesn't require me to be in the the middle of, of delivering the service, it's beginning, the company's beginning to start to operate without me. And that's when you truly get to a scalable, a scalable growth. Mm, yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, kind of uh, this idea of we live in a data rich world and analytics, and I'm talking, and more and more, I'm talking to entrepreneurs about the importance of data analytics, AI. Um, how should B2B marketers approach data driven decision making and measuring the ROI of their marketing efforts? So the numbers are out there. I think that's the first the first thing, but too often, particularly in the mid-market companies, not necessarily in the large Fortune 5000 or Fortune 500 companies, but in the mid-market companies, they're again running so fast and trying to get so much done with limited resources they don't pay attention to their numbers and um i i actually have and, and uh, can point uh, your audience to another article that i recently wrote and posted on my linkedin profile it's all about know your numbers what numbers do you need to know you need to know customer lifetime value you need to know um data attribution, you need to know um, cost of lead, cost per lead, something that a lot of a lot of companies ignore, but very critical, particularly if you're going to do digital advertising. Those are just three of the, of the key numbers that you really need to know in order to be more effective in marketing today. And the other thing is, I think that there is a tendency perhaps coming into the market or a trend that I'm seeing and maybe Christopher you're seeing the same trend of people relying too much on the AI resources that are out there AI resources are great tools and I use them I use them all the time let the AI do do your drafts let your AI do some of your your uh, grunt work if you will don't let it think for you that's when that's when we start we start getting into trouble at least in in my opinion yeah yeah it's interesting ai is a tool and it's how you use it um a, an interesting idea i was talking with another entrepreneur and he was saying use ai to basically fo don't focus on scaling quality you know that one you have to you can't really scale that until you get it the right and then once you get your product market fit and marketing and then once you get the quality then you can scale the quantity with the ai but if you're if you're like trying to scale something that's broken it's gonna you know just basically the wheels are gonna fall off so yeah really interesting conversation yeah, yeah i'm sorry you had a you had a thought so go ahead oh i was just gonna say no i'm totally agreeing with you i think i think that is that is one of the, the biggest uh potential uh pitfalls that people are running into with ai yeah. And data. Yeah. So, you know, kind of <clears throat> any parting thoughts or words and how can people contact you, follow you, you know, if they want to improve their marketing, how can they reach out to you and, you know, check out your work? Well, thank you, Christopher. I appreciate the opportunity. 
So all of your audience can go to my website. That is octanegrowth.com. I'll spell it. It's O-C-T-A-I-N-G-R-O growth. <laughs> G-R-T-H. Sorry, momentary lapse there. So octanegrowth.com my offer. If they do that, they will have an opportunity to download the first chapter of my book, Smart Marketing Execution, and they will also be able to sign up for a complimentary 20-minute um, strategy call with me. And that call is really to offer them to solve a problem. They're not going to get pitched. They're not going to get, they won't have to listen to any stupid offers about consulting. We'll try to solve a problem together. And I really hope people take advantage of that. Thank you again, yeah. Christopher. I really appreciate being here with you. Yeah, same here. And I really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, for the audience, let's thank Claire for coming on. And all of her resources will be in the links and show notes. Her website is octanegrowth.com. And she's also on LinkedIn. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast.